Okay, how do you feel when I say the word budget? I know that word can make some people feel handcuffed and it can make some people feel kind of nerdy and excited. It can make some people feel like they want to roll their eyes. There's just a lot of emotions tied to that word. To me, budget simply means one thing, accountability. It's staying accountable to your money, to your spending habits, and to your financial goals. And accountability is good. It takes a mature person to want to be accountable to these things. But like most things in life that are worth pursuing, it's not super complex. It's, it's simple, but it's not always easy. So today I'm excited to chat about three steps to a successful monthly budget that will keep you accountable and on track to meeting your financial goals. You're listening to Work and Play with Nancy Ray, episode 17. Much of our daily lives can be divided into two categories, work and play. Simply put, that is where our life and our legacy take place. This is a podcast all about learning to work and play well, which leads to a healthy soul and a fulfilling life. Listen in. Okay, I'm going to jump right in today. Let's get to three steps to a successful monthly budget. The first step is to create it monthly. The second is to get on the same page as your spouse. And the third is to follow through on it. Now I wanna break those things down for you. Number one, create a monthly budget. Okay, let's talk about why is it important to create it every month, a new budget every month. Why can't we just kind of have a template and go on that? Or why can't we make one, do it quarterly or annually? Well, those things might be good and it's okay to have big picture meetings for your finances, but every single month in our lives look different. And it's important to kind of forecast for the month that's to come and make a budget for that specific month. For example, starting in January, for us, January is kind of a slow month as far as finances go. It's not as costly. And In the last few years, I've been doing the contentment challenge every single January, February, March. So for me and my personal spending habits, it's just not as busy. I'm not spending as much. And if you're curious about the contentment challenge, you can go back and listen to episode three to find out what I'm talking about. But January is pretty slow. Now, if you fast forward a few months, you look at June and July, there's a lot more travel in our lives. And it just looks different. So the way that we budget for our food, we're eating out more, we're on the road more, it's different. We have to budget for house sitters or dog sitters, and there are different travel expenses that we incur. And that looks different than January, which is a little bit slower when we're all at home. Now fast forward a few more months. Let's look at October and November. These are the months that we are budgeting and planning for Christmas. And obviously, it's going to be more expensive. We're going to be buying gifts, planning for gifts for our own family and for friends. And Christmas is just more of a time for feasting. So we're okay with that, but it's important to not let it surprise us to budget for it and plan for it. We also like to try to finish up all of our Christmas shopping on Black Friday. We try to do all of it on Black Friday. Let's be real if we can, but we want it to be all done before December even starts so that December can be a time of celebrating, wrapping presents, and just being with family. Now, does that always happen? No, but we do budget for Christmas in October and November. That way, in December, we can just plan for that month to be budgeting more for 
festivities and parties that we're hosting and not so much gifts. So then you have to look at your calendar and take into account birthdays and not just birthdays for your kids, but the birthday parties that you want to throw for your kids and special occasions in the family, anniversaries. It's always so good to get into the habit of looking at your year in advance, but specifically at every month before the month begins, making a monthly budget. I know I'm saying the word month a lot, but that's on purpose because I want to get it in your head that it's really important to create it every single month before the month even begins. So here's why I love monthly budgets. Every single month is a fresh start. Now, Will and I, for years and years, we lived and died by our monthly budget. We were so on track. I mean, we would not miss a monthly budget. We did it every single month, and it was so important. Last year through this year, we've been a little more loosey-goosey with the budget and haven't stuck to it. Some months, we're really good about it. Other months, it seems like just the kids, our schedules, we look up and we're halfway through the month and we still haven't made a budget. But here's the deal. This is what I love about budgets and monthly budgets in particular. Every single month, you have a fresh start. There's a new beginning on the first of every month. You can jump in and make a new budget and that is okay. So maybe you're listening to this and you're in a season of your life where you don't do a budget. Maybe you've never made a budget. Or maybe you're like us and you used to be really diligent about it, but you've kind of fallen off the bandwagon a little bit. That is okay. Every month, you have a new opportunity to create a new budget. So go ahead right now. Start working on next month's budget if you haven't gotten in the habit of it because it's so important. And if you don't take the time to tell your money where to go, then it's just going to disappear. Okay, so I'm going to give you a quick speed round in how to actually create a monthly budget just in case you've never made one before. So if you've never done this, You're going to just take a sheet of paper, and I think it's easiest just to start with a piece of paper and a pen. So take a sheet of paper and write your monthly income at the top of that paper. doesn't matter what it is. Just write whatever it is that you and your spouse bring in to the household every month. Then below that, you're going to list out all your expenses. So what I like to do is on the left column, I write down what is the actual expense. So maybe that's food or clothing or gas or household. And then to the right of those things, you write the amount that you are allotting or predicting or budgeting for that month. So here's a couple of examples from my own budget. In the left-hand column, I'd write down food. In the right-hand column, I'd write down $800. The left-hand column, I'd write auto care. In the right-hand column, I'd write $60. The left-hand column, I'd write household. In the right-hand column, I would write $100. Now, some of these I use up every month, like our food budget. We use up $800 pretty much every month regularly for our food budget. Now, early on in our marriage, man, we could do it on $200 a month, y'all. I was... I was like really, really good, and I had the time and the ability to really look for deals, um, and it was just the two of us. We were really simple. So I think early in our marriage, I lived off of, we lived off of either $220 or $250 a month. Now, as a family of five, we have I do online shopping. It's a little bit more expensive. Our food budget is $800 a month. Now, our auto care, this is interesting because we don't pay $60 every single month to put into our car. Um, and put into our car, I mean, get it 
an oil change or maintain it or have a, a car repair. This is one of those budget items that kind of pull up over time. So we do $60 a month. We would let it pull up over time. And then when our, our car needs an actual repair, we'll have the money to do it. Now, if there's a major expense with our car that's unforeseen and unpredictable, maybe we get in a fender bender or something happens that we just didn't predict, we'll dip into our emergency fund for that. But that's another conversation for another day. Just getting back to the budget. There are some items that we use up every month and there are some items that we budget for every month knowing that we'll probably need to use it in a few months, if that makes sense. Okay. So going back to the budget, you want to give every dollar a name to make it a zero-based budget. So there's no such thing as leftover money in this kind of thinking. If you write out all your expenses for the month and your monthly income is more than that, for example, you don't want to have leftover money. You want to go ahead and designate that money for maybe a specific thing that you're saving for or um, retirement or college savings. And you never want to have money that's unaccounted for, if that makes sense. So that's basically a very like quick drive-by explanation of how to make a zero-based budget. And it's really important that you do that every single month and really take into consideration everything in your household, in your family, all the expenses that are going out, as well as all of the income that you're bringing in. Okay, let's move on to number two. Get on the same page as your spouse. Now, I understand this can be really difficult in some households, and I understand also that some of you listening might be single, but I kind of want to talk you through how we do it and the importance of it. So I love what Dave Ramsey says about this. He says, when you create a budget with your spouse, you want to pinky swear and spit shake on it. Literally early in our marriage, Will and I had this envelope and I had the quote, pinky swear and spit shake on it, written in my handwriting on the outside of our envelope system because it was like a commitment that we were making. And here's the deal. If one of you puts a lot of time and effort and energy into making this amazing budget and the other one simply isn't on board, it's just hard. It's going to create some disconnect in your marriage, but it's also not going to be an effective budget because the other person isn't going to be following along with it. So you can work as hard as you want and do everything that you can, but if the other person isn't on board and committed to it, then all of your efforts aren't, are they're going to be wasted. So whatever it takes for you to get on the same page as your spouse, I mean, I think, first of all, you just have to have a conversation with them and tell, tell him or her, like, this is, these are my desires. And you have to start with the why, like, why is it that we want to make a monthly budget? Why is it that we think it's important to stick to this? And what are our big goals as a family, as a couple, as a married couple? What are the things that we want to achieve with our money? Really focusing on the why is so important. Another thing that Will and I love to do and Listen, we're not sponsored by Dave Ramsey. We're not promoting anything specifically here. I'm just telling you something that's worked for us. We love listening to the Dave Ramsey show because it's just motivating. It's motivating to kind of get on the same page, to get inspired about people who are really sacrificing and winning with their money and who are committed to it. Another thing that we do when we make our budget is we both get together and we talk it through. We work it out together. Um, We each come to the table with our ideas and we create a budget together. And he kind of takes the lead on it and it's totally fine for one person or the other to take the lead on maybe drafting the budget. 
But you both really need to be in the conversation agreeing on the decisions that you're making for the monthly budget. Once we come together and decide on the budget, we then designate areas of ownership or responsibility. So in our household, I know that I'm kind of in charge of the categories for food, clothing, gifts, and household. And Will takes responsibility for tithing and giving, our auto care, our blow money, and our date night. Now, these are obviously not the full list of everything in our budget, but these are just examples of things that he he makes sure we stays on budget in certain areas, and I make sure we stay on budget in other areas. So getting on the same page as your spouse every single month will open up those lines of communication about your money and where it's going, and will also definitely allow you to have a successful monthly budget because you're both bought in. Now, number three is follow through on it. This seems simple, right? This seems so simple. Of course, you have to follow through on your budget, but this is where it gets hard. You really have to follow through. You have to, like I said, pinky swear and spit shake on it, agree to it. You have to commit to actually living it out in your day-to-day life when you're making purchases, whether it's on Amazon or at Target or in the grocery store. You have to check back in on the budget and make sure you're staying on track. This gets really important towards the end of the month when you start to kind of run low in those areas and maybe you were excited in the beginning of the month and spent a little bit more than you should. You have to commit. You have to follow through. I have vivid memories. Early on in our marriage, when we were living on Will's income and I was still a student, And I would go grocery shopping and I would get to the end of the month. I'd put everything up on the little conveyor belt at the grocery store. And I knew I'd have, I'd had $70 left, right? That's it. Or maybe $50 or whatever the amount is. Let's say $50, $50 left. And the grocery items would get to be about $58 or $60. And I was so committed to our budget. I literally would look at her and say, I'm so sorry. Can I don't want that anymore. Can you take this back? Can you put this back on the shelf? I don't have enough money for that today. And we were committed to sticking to the budget. That's what you got to do. You have to commit because once you do that, you're going to learn from those mistakes. You're not going to spend a lot earlier in the month. If you commit to it, you might have a couple hard months where you're adjusting uh, your spending habits and getting it under control. But if you commit to sticking to the budget, it will work. It will work. You'll get a hang of it eventually and you'll follow through. Now, if you're new to making a budget, I think a really great start would be to consider a cash envelope system. So this simply means that you budget for your food or your clothing. You actually take the cash out of the bank and you put them in envelopes. And whenever you go and buy those things, you'll use actual cash because there's something so great about having a visual reminder, especially towards the end of the month as those things are running low, exactly what you have left. You can see it. You can feel it. And listen, I'm all about using budgeting apps, and I'm going to get to that and tell you some resources for what we use, but it's there's something about using a cash envelope system that will really keep you on track. So if you need a reset, try it. Use a cash envelope system. Or if you're really committed to using a budgeting app on your phone, my encouragement to you is to commit commit to that. Follow through with that budgeting app. Make sure that you and your spouse are doing it and you're inputting everything exactly as you should. So here are a few resources for you to help your monthly budget be a success. First of all, Financial Peace University is something that we have gone through. We've led classes at our church 
for Financial Peace University. Um, and we use the Every Dollar Budgeting app that Dave Ramsey offers. We love Dave Ramsey. We believe in getting out of debt. And this is to- this is not a sponsored ad or anything. This is literally just, these are things that have changed our lives that we use that we really love. A couple other apps that I've heard great things about that you really might enjoy looking into is You Need a Budget and Mint.com. Both of those are excellent budgeting apps as well. But again, going back to Financial Peace University, just highly recommend it for an overall, I guess, crash course on personal finances. It really changed our marriage and our lives for the better. All right, I have one last thought for you today as you're hopefully inspired to work with a monthly budget. And it might seem unrelated at first, but stick with me. All right, have you ever gotten a new planner and gotten it all decorated and ready to use? You put all your important dates in there only to close it up and then completely miss an important appointment. No, it's only happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to you. At some point, we've all missed important appointments in our lives. Well, I like to think of my budget kind of like my planner. If you don't actually use it every day, if you don't get in the habit of actually using it and opening it up and consulting it, it's pretty worthless. So my final encouragement to you is to stick to all three steps. Make it every single month. Get on the same page as your spouse and then follow through with it. You'll be making steady progress towards your financial goals and will have more awareness of your financial habits than ever before. Thanks for listening to episode 17 of Work and Play with Nancy Ray. Christy Wright says, if you don't decide what your priorities are in life, everyone else will decide for you. Isn't that so true with our money? If we don't tell it where to go, if we don't tell it what our priorities are, we're going to look up one day and it's going to be gone. So I hope today has been a great reminder for you to take charge, tell your money what to do and make a monthly budget. Now, everything I've mentioned today can be found in the show notes at nancyray.com slash podcast slash 17. And you can find me at nancyray.com or follow me at nancyray on Instagram or Facebook almost daily. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time.